Welcome to Soccer, a perspective for parents, where we'll be discussing what the coaches and refs really wish you, the parent, knew about the beautiful game. The goal of this podcast is to bridge the knowledge gap between the parents, that's you, and the coaches and refs. I will attempt to explain the game and rules in a way you can understand. That way, when you're out there watching Timmy, you can just enjoy the game. All right, today we're going to be talking about the goalkeeper position. Goalkeeper is uh, generally number one, but, you know, the number as we established in the last podcast, if you didn't listen to that, go back and watch it, or sorry, go back and listen to it, that uh, generally they wear number one, but they don't have to wear number one. They can be any, they can wear any number. The goalkeeper is the most specialized position on the field, and he's one of the major positions on the team. He's actually the only position that the team is required to have. So if you call, so if a goal, so if a goalkeeper gets a red card, uh, someone has to step in and fill that spot. Somebody has there has to be a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper can use his hands in the penalty area, but uh, that's the penalty area is inside the eighteen yard box, which is the big box uh, in front of the goal. The uh, he's the only player that can use his hands on the field. He can use it only inside the 18 or the penalty yard box. If he goes outside of the penalty yard uh, penalty area, he cannot use his hands because of his special status, if you will, as the goalkeeper and his ability to use his hands in the box. He has to wear a designated color, like he has to wear a different color than both teams. He can't match. Uh, his team or the other team. He has to wear a kit that stands out from everybody else. His main responsibility is to keep the ball out of the net, which should go without saying. Most people know that about the goalkeeper, but he, as they get older, he's also, he sets up the defense and communicates with the defenders on threats. So if he sees a, a player moving that's free, nobody's marking him, he needs to communicate that to his players. Uh, and he also helps because he gets that because... He's able to do that because he can see the whole field from where he's at. He's the furthest player back, so he can see everything that's going on. And he's standing facing into the field, whereas most players are facing certain parts of the field, but they're not facing the whole field like the goalkeeper is. So he really has to be Johnny on the spot and communicating with his players on where they need to be and who they need to be marking. With his other unofficial ones, that kind of goes unsaid is to protect the 18-yard box. That 18-yard box belongs to him. It's his domain. Any forward coming in there, it has to run into the goalkeeper. So the goalkeeper, it's his box. That's how he has to think about it. And he has to be fearless in there. He can't be scared. He can't be worried. He has to put his body in front of everything. That's why us as field players always generally make fun of uh, goalkeepers for being slightly not there. Because they will throw their they will throw their bodies in front of everything. General qualities of good goalkeeper. Now... Not all goalkeepers have to have all these things. They don't have to have every single one of them. Just having this stuff helps. Doesn't mean you're going to be a great keeper, but it helps. It helps you become a. It helps in becoming a good keeper. So the first is they have to be vocal. They have to be loud. That way they can talk to their team through the entire field. They have to be able to yell at the forwards, and the forwards have to be able to hear them. It's one of their biggest jobs, as I stated earlier, is to communicate to their team what's going on. They have to be loud. And not only that, being loud helps uh, scare the other players lots of times. When they come in, they yell, my ball. 
it'll have you know it'll intimidate the other team a lot of times into messing up or something like that so they have to be very very loud one of the other qualities is being a leader being a leader helps them goalkeepers are generally always looked at as leaders on the team they're not they don't i haven't really seen many goalkeepers um marked as captains but they're an unofficial captain they're an assistant captain as you will uh so it really helps if they're leaders now this goes without saying most people know this but height helps in goalkeeping uh they don't have to be tall i've known some very i've known some very good goalkeepers that are five seven five six but when you're diving and reaching for that ball it helps to have height because it helps to cut down the angles in that height the the taller you are the wider you are the less angles there are so height helps it's it doesn't it's not a necessity but it helps as long as you know how to read angles that if you're going to be a short keeper you have to know how to read the angles the ability to jump always helps like stated before if you can cover that ground in a good jump uh, especially up to the top corners jumping helps once again you don't have to be an amazing jumper but it helps uh, as stated uh just a second ago the ability to read angles you have to be able to read the angles that the that the shooters are taking I, as a matter of fact i think read the ability to read angles is more important than jumping in height so if you can read the angles for the keeper and you can or for the if you can read the angles of the shot or the angles that the shooter's trying to take and you can cut those angles off you'll be in a very good position so reading angles like i said very 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 important i can't understate how important being able to read the angles are quick reflexes as a matter of fact i think quick quick reflexes is more important than jumping and height as well you have as a goalkeeper you're always kind of one step behind your pro you instead of being you can be as proactive as you want but you're still responding to what the other team is doing so having those reflexes to be able to react to a shot react to what the other team is doing quickly is very important i think quick reflexes is just under reading angles agility agility goes with reflexes same thing i don't need to be the dead horse there being fearless being fearless is very 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 important you cannot be scared of the ball if you're scared of the ball you're not going to make the diving saves diving saves you have to Every great goalkeeper I've ever met has been ruthlessly fearless. You cannot be, they were not afraid to throw their body in front of whatever was coming to make that save. They'll throw their body in front of uh, a player's foot, player's knee, player's head. They'll do whatever they got to uh, as far as being fearless. Hand-eye coordination goes without saying. You, you, Your hand has to be able to go where your eye is looking, so... There's no need to beat, beat that one down. That that's, one should be pretty self-explanatory. Sound decision-making skills. When to go and when to stay is the big the big one with this uh, decision-making. The goalkeeper has to know when, when the juice is worth the squeeze. They have to make good decisions here on when to attack the ball and when to stay. If you make a bad decision on when to attack the ball, you're going to get beat. And there's a goal. Goalkeeping is very win or lose. There's not very much gray area. 
Either you're going to stop the ball from going in the net or you're not. Goalkeepers still need to have sound ball control skills. In this day and age of soccer, goalkeepers are required to be able to receive a pass and send out a pass under pressure from the enemy team. They are as much of a field player now as a goalkeeper. Their still main goal is goalkeeping, but they need to be able to play with the ball and make sound passes. Never used to be like that, but this modern day requires the goalkeeper to be able to still play with the ball. You need to be able to read opponents. You need to be able to look at an opponent and make a sound guess on whether he's going to shoot left or shoot right, whether he's going to try and juke you, whether he's going to push the ball forward, try and beat you with speed. Being able to read your opponent is very important as a goalkeeper. And then what I think is finally one is the ability to stay calm. The goalkeepers are usually the rock of the team. They're expected to remain calm when everybody else is losing their heads because if they start losing their heads, generally the team follows them. So they need to be able to stay calm Keep their team calm and just play the game. They need to be able, if they get scored on, they need to be able to shake it off and move forward. They do need to be able to tell their teammates when they mess up, though, especially if their teammate just did something really dumb. They need to be able to tell them that, hey, you messed up. You need to fix it. Let's move forward. A couple things of note here. I mentioned this before already, but if a keeper gets a red card, the position has to be filled by someone officially before the game can continue. And that generally has to be somebody on the field. Pass back handling rule, which I see a lot of people mess up. It has to be a deliberate pass back with your foot. Any other part of your body is fine. But if he passes it, if the a defender or a field player passes the ball back with his foot, the goalkeeper cannot pick it up right off the rip. If the ball is passed back by one of the goalie's teammates, the goalie has to first dribble the ball before he can pick it up. He can't immediately pick it up. But where a lot of people get this rule mixed up is they think if he heads it back or whatever, then the goalkeeper can't pick it up. The goalkeeper can pick it up if it's a head, uh, a chest back, a knee back. Just as long as it's not a deliberate foot pass back, the goalkeeper cannot pick it up. Hey, editing Pete here. That should be can. If it is not a deliberate foot pass back, he can't pick up the ball. Just wanted to clear that up. Thanks. So this is another small one that I didn't even remember. If somebody throws the ball back in a throw-in to the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper cannot pick it up either. So if the goalkeeper goes to throw the ball out from inside the penalty area to one of his teammates... He can't if it doesn't leave the penalty box, he can't run over and pick it back up. He has to play it with his feet. They also have six seconds to distribute the ball after a pickup. This doesn't get called very often and drives me nuts. I wish uh, referees would call this more often, but they don't usually. And it drives me absolutely up the wall. Now, the goalkeeper can change with a player on the field as long as you let the ref know that you're going to do a goalkeeper swap. Any player in the field can swap with the goalkeeper, it does, and it doesn't count as a sub. So when you have penalty kicks, when can the goalkeeper move? He can move forward of the line after the ball is kicked. So as soon as the person hits the ball to kick it, he can move forward. Now prior to the kick, he can move left and right as much as he wants to, but he can't move forward of the line until it's kicked. Generally, the goalkeepers take the goal kicks, but they don't have to do. Anybody can take the goal kicks. It's not something specific to the goalkeeper. 
on goal kicks, one thing that people don't know is you can move that ball anywhere inside the six-yard box. It doesn't have to be on the same side. So if it goes out on the right side and you want to move it to the left side, go for it. If you want to kick it from the center of the six-yard box, go for it. It just has to stay inside the six-yard box. Once it's kicked, if it stays in the six-yard box, the person that kicked it cannot kick it again. Somebody else has to kick it. Me personally, I prefer for a player other than the goalkeeper to take the kick when I coach, but it is what it is. If you have a goalkeeper and kick it 80 yards, let that goalkeeper take it. That's just that's a call that the coach has to make. I like for somebody other than the goalkeeper to take the kick because if somebody whiffs the goal kick, then you have your keeper in place. If he goalkeeper kicks it and whiffs it and puts it right in front of a player, he's out of position, and it stands to guess he may end up getting a shot on goal with the keeper out of position. Also, you run into where I just said, if that goalkeeper doesn't kick it out of the six-yard box, he can't kick it. So it then becomes a foot race for whatever player is going to get there first to kick it. So this way, if the player whiffs it and it stays in the six-yard box, you have the goalkeeper that can run over and kick the shit out of it and get it out of there before anybody gets there. All right, so let's talk about sweeper keepers a little bit. Uh, sweeper keeper is kind of a new new soccer thing. It's kind of been around for a while. It's been around for a while, but it's more considered part of the modern game. Sweeper keeper comes in where I was talking about earlier about the goalkeeper needing sound ball skills. Keepers now are expected to be able to keep control of the ball with their feet. Uh, this requires them to have more foot skills than they used to in the past. They also have to understand the rules of the game a bit better uh, because they have to make split decisions and they'll be more involved in the field than keepers of the past. But basically what a sweeper keeper is, is where they're out in the field a little bit more, playing more of a sweeper role. And we'll go into more of what a sweeper is later uh, when we talk about central defenders. But a sweeper is basically the when you used to have the diamond, diamond back, the sweeper was the very last player, and he generally ran the defense. But teams don't really use the diamond backfield anymore. Generally, it's a flat four at the higher levels. Uh, so they expect that um, that uh, keeper to play more of a sweeper role so that he can uh, provide depth to the defense a little bit. So he may have to come out and clear balls outside of the 18-yard box and stuff like that is what a sweeper keeper is kind of expected to do. All right, so some of the greatest goalies to ever play the game. So you can go back and look at them and see who you uh, who you want to model yourself like, who you like. I'm probably going to blow some of these games, so if I do, please forgive me. But you have Gianno Luigi Buffon. Uh, you also have Lev Yashin. He's the only keeper to ever win the Ballon d'Or. He won it in 93. He stopped 151 PKs and had over 270 clean sheets. That is effing amazing. That, that's just, that's crazy. You had Dion Zoff, Gordon Banks, Sepp Meyer, Iker Casillas, which uh, now you're getting into players that I kind of knew. Manuel Neuer, uh, he's a good example of a sweeper keeper. He was actually so good. At one point, the Pep Guardiola had to be talked out of playing him in the midfield. 
uh, he kind of changed the expectations and the perceptions of keepers. He's one of the guys that brought this whole sweeper keeper idea. You have Edwin Vandersar. He went 1,311 minutes without conceding a goal. He played for Man U, one of my favorite keepers of all time. He was crazy. Freaking stood on his head all the time. Amazing. I loved him. You have, uh, for us Americans, you have probably uh, what I consider a lot of the top American goalies. The current starter is Zach Stefan. Brad Guzon, who uh, is kind of back and forth with Stefan. He came, uh, then you have Tim Howard. Brad Guzon followed Tim Howard. Tim Howard, by some, is considered the greatest uh, American goalie right that we've ever had. Then you had Casey Keller, who I personally think is the best American goalkeeper we've ever had, but I could see the argument for Tim Howard. They, they're they're like a hair apart. It, it really comes back. It really comes down to personal preference. I grew up more with Casey Keller than Tim Howard, but it, it's and I think that's why I tend to like Casey Keller more than Tim Howard. Then you have Tony Miola going way back. Uh, I was really young when Tony Miola was playing, but I remember him. And then you have Brad Friedel. All right, that's it for goalkeepers. Next one, we'll be talking about defenders. I haven't decided yet whether it be just central defenders and outside defenders or the whole defense as a whole. That depends on how much uh, I can find out on research. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, make sure you hit me up on the social medias or the email. Thanks for listening. And as always, remember the kids are out there for fun. And let's have a good day.